clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to SST on Apple Podcasts, have Spotify, and on YouTube. Don't forget, you can watch the podcast on Spotify as well. So if you want to watch the video of us, you know, talking sports and whatnot, you can do that on Spotify or YouTube. Of course, you can listen anywhere you listen to your podcast. Joining me today, the legendary winners of Subway Sports Talk picks, the only three with winning records are here, and that includes one and only Mark Shenlugan and Cody O'Connor and Mark Tortellini Shenlugan. We'll start with you, my guy. We put your video on Instagram. It got some buzz. I got some texts about Tortellini on uh, the weekend, and I got to tell you, even though your pick was wrong, you had the best <laughs> call of the week. I don't even care that you were wrong, Mark. What a call on Tommy DeVito. Do you feel vindicated right now? Hype it oh. up Tommy D before Sunday. Pete, I'm kind of disappointed. I talked all that, that he'd go out there, you know. But I didn't think they'd win. I didn't trust Dable, and he almost blew it with uh, being very conservative when they got in the red zone late in the game, three straight runs. But, man, touchdown Tommy Tortellini, the triple threat. If I didn't know any better, I'd say <laughs> FedEx Field looked like DeVito's Inferno on oh Sunday. God. Oh, yeah. Hell of a week. The franchise QB has arrived, gentlemen, and he's here to stay. There you go. Uh, this might have been the first time all year you were rooting for the Giants. Is that fair? Second time? First time all year. And uh, to continue and with that. You were actually theme, rooting against them, too, kind of. Yes, yes, and no. I did have the money line, though. Mm. Um, it was a late 11th hour switch, but hey, I got to keep it going. I'm not having turkey for Thanksgiving this week. We're having chicken parm, <laughs> and we're going to keep it rolling. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. And the good Italians know they got to have some sauce, even though it's supposed to be gravy on Thanksgiving. But I love to see that. Uh, I'm glad that you uh, were not off your rocker for your take on Tommy D throwing. What did you say? You were saying multiple touchdowns in which he did three touchdowns on Sunday. What a beautiful thing. And yes, you should have probably taken the Giants in that leg of your teaser. However, even with missing that leg, you were still two and one on your picks on Sunday, bringing your record to 17 and 16 over 500 for the year. Cody O'Connor, who's also joining us, was also two and one, which is just what he does. It's just another day in the office for Cody O. That's 21 and 12 for Cody on the year. I was also two and one after the Chargers couldn't get it done, which we might talk about at some point today. But I am now 19, 13 and one. And poor Pat Boyle, who is currently live on the airwaves, CBS Sports Radio. Good for him. We're not listening because we're doing our own thing. Pat, you left us out to dry. That's all good. Of course, we root for Pat. Unfortunately, he needed some extra rooting. He was 0-3 on Sunday, bringing his record down to 15-18. and Now our total record is 72-59-1. So still well above 500 for the boys. 13 games over to be exact. So great stuff. Cody, how you feeling now? Still being the leader of the Subway Sports Talk picks after week 11. Well... I got to say, last week I tooted my own horn after the 3-0, and and rightfully so. Those were three great picks. <laughs> but this week, I was very fortunate to be 2-1. and one. I'm going to keep it real with you guys. Like, I was fortunate. The Lions were a minus three leg, down two scores late, get both scores, a, a two-point conversion, and then a fumble, strip sack, Aiden Hutchinson, kicks it around until it becomes a safety and I get the late cover. It's not even a push. Get San Fran. And even the uh, um, Texans Cardinals. Um, C.J. Stroud threw multiple late interceptions. 
three, I believe, all seemingly in the red zone. At least two of them were. And they could have easily covered that nine and a half I had the Cardinals bought up to. So I could have been 0-3, 1-2, 1-1-1. Uh, I was very happy to get out of there at 2-1. and one. But, uh, you know, leave it to Mark to start rooting for the Giants the only week where it's actually acceptable as a Giants fan to root against him. The guy is a walking controversy. He's a walking <laughs> troll. And, uh, you know, I, I just can't I can't stand it. It's not the only week, Cody, because this week when the Giants take on the New England Patriots, so that is this week, right? I'm not mistaken. I'm not a week ahead of myself. Yes. No, you got that, it. Yes. Right? This is also a week where it is very viable to root against the New York Giants for obvious reasons for them to get a better draft pick, the Patriots in the running for that first pick, second pick, third pick range. Giants right there. Of course, they beat the freaking commanders. And one of my good friends, best friends in the world, Rob Schmidt, shout out to Schmitty. He uh, made it this far in his survivor pool. And he called me, asked me all week. He called me Sunday morning. I said, dude, the Giants are too dumb to lose this game. This is a game the Giants win for no reason. I was like, dude, I don't know who to take. I think you should take the Lions, which looked sketchy as all hell when it comes to survivor picks anyway. So I'm not saying I'm some genius, but I was like, dude, I'm a Giants fan. I normally will try my best to be as honest as I can. And honestly, I think they have a chance to win this game because they're too stupid to just lose. And that's exactly what happened. They played a great game. Tommy DeVito looked good. He was throwing tanks all day. Mr. <clears throat> Tortellini over here. You know, so it was one of those classic moments for the Giants to just do good bad, to do good poorly. The wrong time, wrong place, yeah. wrong time. But nonetheless, it was a fun game to watch. I told people the same thing, and Mark obviously money-lined it. Like, we all saw it coming as Giants fans. Just like, this is the one. They always play Washington. It was too many points in the like from the get-go. I told people the same thing. I said, if you're taking Washington Survivor, I think you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. And, you know, of course they win that game. And now they have to lose to the Patriots, which is just yeah, it's just the worst feeling as a fan to be doing this, although Mark's having a grand old time. <laughs> hey. They crushed the total on Sunday. 50 points. 31 for the New York Giants. It's insane. You don't get used to seeing threes at the beginning of a Giants score unless it's literally just three. (laughs) Unless it's they actually (laughs) score three points. (laughs) That's what you see, three, not in the first uh, number. Also, gentlemen, one last thing before we get started. Three touchdowns to zero interceptions on Sunday. And you you know what? I got to say this about Tommy DeVito. And I'm not going to sit out here and pretend like I've been so pro Tommy DeVito. I'm no Mark Shenlugan. I'm not someone who's been on my high horse talking about Tommy D as a possible viable quarterback in the NFL. However, I have thought it odd since he got thrown into that one game where they didn't let him throw the ball more than a yard back behind the line of scrimmage that people were really jumping down his throat for probably no reason, right? This is an offense that struggled the entire year hasn't been able to move the ball consistently. The coaches didn't even let him throw, and we're trying to act like he can't, right? So I'm like, okay, I think people are probably going a little too hard saying that Tommy DeVito is a 0 or a negative 10 at quarterback here. Not that I'm saying he's a 10 out of 10, but it was definitely too much too soon crushing Tommy DeVito for no reason. Now, granted, the week prior, not that great. Still better than most of the quarterback play for the Giants this year. So I'm happy that he's proving he's at least competent enough to move the ball a little bit, something that we're not used to so far here in New York in 2023. So it's nice to see him move the ball. And I'm not saying he's going to now turn around and be a star quarterback. However, 
it was clear now, or it is clear now that all the trashing of Tommy DeVito after the first week and a half of him playing football, really, it was like five quarters. It was just ridiculous. It doesn't really make any sense because we didn't actually see him play the quarterback position until this past week. And he looked fine and now has the most touchdowns in New York for a quarterback. Look at look at that. But uh, what we're doing here today, quick housekeeping. Obviously, we're talking picks already. So we're going to do just that. Obviously, there's a weird week. We're recording this on Tuesday night. Games on Thursday. There's a game on Friday. We got games on Sunday. So we don't have any picks from Pat Boyle at the moment. Like I said before, he is quite busy, literally on the air for CBS Sports Radio. So we give him the pass. He'll get our picks or his picks to us uh, for social media purposes before Thursday's game start. Uh, But we're going to do games that include Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Right now, right here live, that's what we do. We're going to talk some stuff after the picks. Cody and I are going to stay on, and uh, we're going to talk some shop around the NFL as well as I have some questions and concerns to go over with Cody O'Connor. But Mark Shen Lugan, why don't you kick us off with Week 12 picks, sitting at 17 and 16, ready to keep the winning ways alive. All right. Glad you're letting me use Thursday's games, Pete, this week. I've been hounding (laughs) you now for, I think, 11 weeks at this point. But I finally got my wish. Um, so in honor of that, we're going to go with three teams, all Thursday games for the first pick. I'm just going to start in order. Detroit Lions against the Green Bay Packers for uh, for pick one. Obviously going Lions money line. I mean, I'm not crazy enough to bet on Jordan Love in this situation. He doesn't get the uh, benefit of playing Justin Herbert this week again like he did last week with the cover. Um, they're going to go into Detroit. Detroit's going to take care of business. Um, came out a little bit sloppy against Chicago. Last week, Goff, three interceptions. Can't see that happening again here. Um, Like I said, kind of just fading the Packers here. I'm not really a a huge Jordan Love guy. So Detroit to win at home, nothing crazy there. Uh, Pick two, Dallas Cowboys at home. I mean, do I really need to get get into this one too much? Commanders look absolutely pathetic on Sunday. Although it was did have a little bit to do with my man at QB throwing tanks all day long, as Pete mentioned. Um, <laughs> they just don't have the firepower the Cowboys do at, at this point, um, especially the games in Dallas. I know it's a big rivalry game, but Dallas should get out of this one relatively unscathed. Um, and then pick three, going to go with the Niners, who have everybody back and have been rolling the last two weeks, taking on the Seahawks. Seahawks demoralizing loss on Sunday to the Rams in the final seconds. Blew a late lead, then missed a game-winning field goal right at the buzzer. Just can't see them turning it around this quick. I think there's going to be a little bit of a hangover from Sunday. And already, you know, you have the Niners to deal with before all that happens. So give me Lions, Cowboys, Niners, minus 115, pick number one. All right. I, too, am going to start. And let me be the first to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. That's my first (laughs) Berman, guys. Good impression. That was much better I was better than your Arnold. I gotta say yeah. that was better. I knew I wasn't even looking at you. I, I had my picks up on the screen, and I, I knew what you were doing right away. It was good. You know what, Pete? Uh, I've often been mistaken for Chris Berman as I'm doing that impression. Um, so I know that's the better of the two. And uh, you know the crazy thing about that is I've been standing right in front of people and still looking at me. They're like, "Is that Chris Berman?" No, that's still Cody. He just does a really good impersonation. Um, all right, moving on. Pick number one, I'm with you, Mark. Detroit money line. Um, not really all that concerned. And matter of fact, I'm actually impressed by the one the way Detroit won last week in a game that they could have easily been tripped up. 
They were for most of the game. Golf throwing three interceptions. I, too, don't see that happening again or anything along those lines. But the fact that they were in that spot um, coming off of the week against the Chargers, right, in that shootout of a game, it was a kind of a letdown spot. And they were able to get it back, get the win, even my cover. Um, but to do that is, is I'm taking it as a really impressive. Now, leg number two is also the second game. However, I'm choosing to buy Washington up to 17. Uh, division game, a perfect spot where everyone just watched Washington lose to what most assume is the worst team in football, one of the worst teams in football. They all had the the Tommy DeVito, you know, can't throw the ball. They're literally not throwing the ball with him, right? Like there's no way in this spot. They lose that game. It's a, it's a real easy spot for people to say, oh, Washington's that bad. Let's take Dallas. The line's 11. I'm buying them up to 17. Mark, I think there's a good sandwich opportunity here. I think Dallas wins. But I think Washington's going to give them a battle. I really do. I think Sam Howell's going to move the ball. Um, and something of a law of averages again here, which has been a theme the past couple of weeks, where I don't think Dallas can blow out the entire NFL. I know they've been doing it against these bad teams. Washington seems like another opportunity to do so. I think Washington's going to give them a fight on, uh, on Thursday afternoon. So um, Lions money line, Washington, plus 17, minus 119 for pick number one. That is one fat sandwich, Cody and Pete. Scooby Doo plus seventeen. That's a Scooby Doo sandwich, Mark. We got a chance. Yeah. What do you got? You got the the Commanders at plus seventeen. You said. Yeah. I need Dallas, Dallas money line. So, yeah. yeah. I. We've got a seventeen layer sandwich here, Mark. A lot of cold cuts. <laughs> a lot of cuts. Thanksgiving sandwiches are all about the layers, if you really think about it. So this is fitting. This there makes sense. Go. Now, frankly, I uh, I haven't decided on my final pick yet. Cause I'm kind of just like still thinking about it. I'm still crunching the numbers over here, but the Cowboys have treated me well now a couple weeks in a row where like, I really trust them to dominate bad teams. And the question is, are the commanders like a really bad team or like kind of a sometimes mediocre good team? Cause that's what they tend to be the way they play offense with Sam Howell at quarterback right now. They're freaking running and gunning sometimes where it's pretty exciting and that can work out really well. That also leads to a lot of turnover-worthy um, throws and opportunities for defenses to kind of take advantage of that. So I'd personally be nervous doing even 17. Like I, I, The Cowboys are that type of team that make me seem like they can win by 30 every week, especially against a team like the Commanders. So, Cody, i got to be honest, a little bit nervous with your first pick, but that's okay. It's not my pick, and you're the leader in the clubhouse right now, so who am I to be critical? However, I will not be playing a Commander side at this point in time though it seems like the right leg to stand on after they got embarrassed the week before, because I love doing that. Take the team that got embarrassed and go back to their well the week after. But for my first pick, I'm not going to touch Thanksgiving for this first pick. I will be hitting it at some point with my three picks here, but this first one to me is my best bet of the week. We're going to Sunday. We're going to look at the Cleveland Browns at the Denver Broncos, take them from plus 2.5 to plus 8.5, and then we're going to go to the Kansas City Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders, on DraftKings right now, they are minus eight and a half. So you get them down to minus two and a half. It's a teaser made in heaven. You get both numbers through the three, through the seven, and you feel wonderful about it. So you sit there with the Browns at Denver. Yes, Denver's on this streak. Denver's playing the best football of their season or of, um, you know, of the Russell Wilson's tenure, I should say. And they're on a great, great run right now. However, What's been the really key contributor to Denver's run so far uh, this past four or five weeks? 
It's their defense getting a ton of turnovers and their offense not turning the ball over. They're plus 11 in turnover margin in that stretch. That's absurd. Okay, so a defense getting turnovers like that, sometimes it's going to happen consistently throughout the season, but a lot of times you are not expecting it to happen every single week, week in, week out, over the course of a long stretch of time. That turnover margin is not realistic to obtain, especially against a team like the Cleveland Browns, whose defense we know can really put a stranglehold on opposing offenses, especially ones that are not that impressive. Even with the Broncos being better, their offensive unit is still just leaving a lot on the table. There's a lot of meat on the bones. They're playing safe. They're letting their defense play uh, well, which they've been doing a lot better there. And this number to me is just off. This should be a pick em at best. The Browns, even with their quarterback issues of DTR or PJ Walker, whoever's playing quarterback for them right now, I still think that defense is going to be more than good enough to keep this game within a touchdown. I can see it be low, low scoring. I can see it being in the the high teens, low 20s at best, and that means plus 8.5 might be the right leg with the Cleveland Browns on the teaser. On the second side of things, this one's a little bit more obvious. The Chiefs just looked a little rough. They played one of the best teams in the NFL in the Philadelphia Eagles, and it showed. They didn't score any points in the second half, and they struggled to move the ball. Poor freaking Justin Watson was getting peppered with targets, getting hit, because there was no one else who can be trusted on that team, and even he dropped his fair share on on Monday night. Chiefs are not a team that I'm worried about for the regular season. However, it's obvious they're not the juggernaut that they were offensively. They have been one of the juggernauts in this league defensively. So as much as the Eagles put the stomp on the Kansas City Chiefs offense, the Chiefs did the same to the Eagles offense as well from their defense. The Chiefs defense is really good. And I think that's going to give Aiden O'Connell fits. I think it's going to give the Raiders fits. They're playing inspired football. They were frisky against the Dolphins this past week, but the game wasn't really ever too dangerously in the uh, in the air there, right? It still felt like the Dolphins were going to win, even though they did not cover. So getting that Chiefs number from 8.5 through the 7, through the 3, at minus 2.5, that's Chiefs' sweet spot, baby. They may not cover big spreads often, but they do win a lot, and they're going to win against the Raiders. So I like the Browns plus 8.5, Chiefs minus 2.5 for my first pick at minus 120. Wow, a minus one twenty out of Mister Pete Kennedy. I never thought every teaser that. I do, Mark, is minus one twenty. Oh uh, well, you know what? Uh, it is what it is. Then never mind. So I take it back. when you do, no, when you do, you know, like as I'm not, I'm not like you know, I'm not like you Let's, scouring the DraftKings sportsbook hours, and FanDuel sportsbook. Hours of my time. Yes, I, I'm not doing that. When you go to the sportsbook and you find a teaser that's standard six point teaser. It's automatically minus 120 almost every time. All right, Just so I take it back. Know. Let's throw it the opposite way. I'm shocked that you took something at minus 120 again. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And you Go know, ahead, if, you, if you had a third team like me, you, you can kind of get them down to like minus 110, minus 115. It just might take a couple of years off your life. Um, <laughs> so anyway, speaking of three-team parlays slash teasers at minus 110 – Let's go Miami Dolphins money line against Pat Boyle's long lost stepbrother Tim this Friday on Black Friday. Uh, that's going to be a shit show and a half. The Jets don't have any prayer in this one. Tim Boyle's even worse than Zach Wilson. Again, I thought Zach Wilson's been in a very unfortunate situation with this season, but hey, they want to help me out with my picks and start Tim Boyle. Go ahead. That game's over before it even started. Um, second leg, Kansas City Chiefs to bounce back uh, this week. Um, I honestly thought they should have won last night. 
Um, I didn't think they'd lose in the way that they lost. To me, they lost. They beat themselves. Mahomes throws a pick in the end zone. Kelsey fumbles inside the 15-yard line. Kelsey's been relatively quiet too the last two weeks. And uh, that defense travels. That's another reason for me. So give me the Chiefs to bounce back as well here with a W. Um, and then last, like, I'm going to bump the Buffalo Bills up to plus 10.5 here against the, uh, the Eagles. I think the Eagles are in a really vulnerable position. Uh, this week just beat the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Short turnaround for them. Bills may or may not be getting their mojo back. They've lost a lot of tight games by one possession, so I'm very comfortable bumping them up to plus ten and a half here. Can't see them losing by that much. I honestly think they go on the road and win this one. Um, but again, I feel super comfortable at plus ten and a half. So we're gonna go Finns money line, Chiefs money line, Bills plus ten and a half, pick two minus one ten. We are all going to either eat this week or we're going broke. And I notice in my picks that they are a lot like yours, and that scares the heck out of me because it's usually not a good recipe for success. Uh, but you know what? We're what, what, following Mark or having the same picks as each all, other? All three of us. Um, <laughs> oh, so, following me. Yeah. Lunatic. So here we go. Um, well, you know what? Pat Boyle's not here, and uh, I'm sure he's not going to listen tomorrow, so I don't mind hey, what I say. He was always three this week. Him. So. That's right. As long as he's not part of it, maybe we're okay. Um, <laughs> I love you, Pat. All right, pick number two. Um, I'm starting with the Browns plus seven and a half, and this is a lot of the Browns' defensive unit being able to keep this game close. It is a lot. Pete, you nailed it. The turnover margin for the Broncos being 11 right now, plus 11 is something that you just don't think is sustainable. And with those turnovers, now they've been in prime time and in standalone games recently, so we've been able to get a good look at um, at Denver. And they get those turnovers, and sometimes they turn them into points, maybe a field goal, but they're not necessarily putting the pressure right on you. So even if they get the turnovers, I trust that Cleveland's defense is going to hold them right where they are. Don't be fooled by this four-game winning streak and the – Mark, cover your ears. Touchdown to interception ratio that Russell Wilson has. He and they have been playing better football. He has been playing better football. I was the first to say that. But what he's doing is protecting the ball. Great. He's just throwing the ball underneath all day. It's a lot of dink and dunk. Maybe throws in a moon ball and a jump ball if he needs to. That's about it. They're running the ball a ton. There is not a a lot of trust in Russell Wilson. And um, that, to me, is a recipe for at least a close game. I think Cleveland goes out and wins this football game. I think they're the better team. I think that, like I said, this turnover luck, if you will, is going to have to change at some point for Denver. So um, four in a row, I don't think turns to five in a row, but I'll buy the Browns up to seven and a half. The next leg, I'm also buying another team to seven and a half, who Mark just bought up to ten and a half, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Was it a get-right game against the Jets? I don't know. But sometimes you just need to see one go through, right? Sometimes you just need a win. You need to get that morale and the mojo back in the locker room and have the guys believing. And Josh Allen said, fellas, I'm effing back. And you know what? Maybe, just maybe he is. Because we all know they're talented enough to be a Super Bowl contender. But with all their bad turnover luck and all the struggles they've had and not doing the small things and just losing games in every which way, maybe – they are going to go to Philadelphia, who did not look very impressive, who did find another way to win, which there is something to that, but they're not blowing teams out. 
I think Buffalo can go on the road and get a win this week. I think Philly's going to have to play a much cleaner style of football, a much more efficient offensive game especially, to be able to beat Buffalo. Um, But I'm buying both of them up to a touchdown. So Browns plus 7.5. Buffalo, I think, gets it done plus 7.5. That's minus 112. That's pick number two. So you were alluding to the Browns when you talked about us being on that side there, Well, Cody. the Browns for us, and then Mark had the Bills. And, and the Bills. I've yeah. still got a pick number three that's in the wing. So uh, we'll, we'll see. What, right. I don't know what word I just said, but it's it's coming anyway. In the weeds, but wings weeds, at the same time. I, in the I wings. Up. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. That was nice of you to kind of help me out there. Words. In the, in the wings. All right. So my second pick, I, I kind of said it before that I wouldn't be comfortable taking the commanders. You got to make yourself uncomfortable sometimes. That means I'm still taking the Cowboys minus 11 on Thanksgiving, baby. Here's why Cowboys minus 11 at home. Thanksgiving. It is what it is. This is the margin of victory for the Dallas Cowboys in their seven wins. Okay. They won by, sorry, lost my spot. They won by 23 against the Panthers this week. They won by 22 against the Giants the week prior. Then you go back to their win against the Rams against another 23-point victory. Then they beat the Chargers by three, which the Chargers love losing by three. It's like their MO right now. That's okay. They won that by three. Then you go back a couple more weeks. They beat the freaking Patriots by 35. They beat the Jets by 20 and the Giants by 40. When the Cowboys win, which they most often do, they put their foot on the throat of the competition and they wipe them out. The commanders are a team that have been frisky this year. We know that the commanders have played some tough games. We know that they've won some games. However, I think the other shoe is dropping with Sam Howell at this point in time. I think there's going to be some more struggles to, uh, to maintain with the upper echelon teams in this league. Yes. They played the Eagles tough in this, this year already. Yes. They have won a couple games that maybe they shouldn't have won so far this year. But they're also not immune to getting blown out. They've lost a couple games this year by by double-digit points, and I think the, the Cowboys are the perfect opportunity to do it again here on Thanksgiving. It's just a different class of football team right now. They've traded away some people. They've lost ever since they've traded away those people. Um, and, and this offense for Dallas is really just cooking. They played a little bit slower to start against the Panthers. CeeDee Lamb obviously didn't have the game that he was having every single week prior to that. But I do believe the Cowboys are just built to dominate teams like the Commanders. They're going to struggle with the Eagles because everyone struggles with the Eagles. They're going to struggle with the upper echelon teams because we they all struggle with the upper echelon teams. When you take a team that's under 500, the Cowboys don't mess around. They dominate. They have one of the biggest point differentials in the entire NFL. They actually have tied for the biggest point differential with the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL. So that defense, Deron Bland, just being an absolute game breaker. That offense, Tony Pollard finally showing some pop on Sunday, which he was more than overdue. I think he's going to have a good second half of this this year. I think they're going to take uh, take care of the football. Dak Prescott's playing good football. CeeDee Lamb has another big game. This is just, to me, it's one of those situations where you take the team that blows people out frequently when they're big spreads. People get nervous with minus 11. Sometimes you can't get nervous because right now pregame.com, 80% of the tickets are on the Cowboys, which might make you a little bit hesitant, but 92% of the cash is on the Cowboys as well. So that's telling me the sharp side is the Cowboys. The total went from 45. It's now at 49. The spread went from nine and a half. It's now at 11. Not scaring me away. Yes, we didn't get the best number here, but all those points, they're mostly coming from the Cowboys. Cowboys minus 11. That's my second pick. 
We All went right. from a, a Scooby Doo sandwich with me and Mark to to looking under the egg for the slice of pork roll with me and you. <laughs> we still have a sandwich there, but I don't know where the meat is. There's it's a club. A it's a club sandwich, Cody. It's a club sandwich, and I'm the I'm the chicken in the middle. With you're the bacon on top, Mark's the lettuce. Yeah, I don't think I'm I'm, I'm eating there because I hate lettuce, and that sandwich isn't big enough for me. <laughs> I'm the bacon. Anyway, oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, gentlemen. Pick three, my final pick of the week. No lunacy here this week, surprisingly for me. I think I got a lot of it out last week. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, no, this one's not too crazy either, Pete. Um, you know, I tried to scroll through DraftKings the way that Herbert scrolls through social media, Instagram and oh Twitter. I'm sorry, X, whatever the hell they're calling it these days. Um, but hey, real simple final pick here. Jacksonville Jaguars bumping them up to plus 10 and a half here on the road against the Texans. Texans absolutely embarrassed them the first time around in Jacksonville. I think they beat them by 20 plus points. That's not happening again here. I still do not think this Texans team is as good as everybody thinks they are. So give me the Jags plus 10 and a half here. I think they're the more talented team overall as well. Um, Leg two, we're going to bump up the LA Rams to plus seven and a half here. That win last week against the, uh, the Seahawks a little bit. Of a season saver, they would have dropped the three and seven at four and six. They can make a little bit of a run here for the wild card. Um, obviously, he's much easier at four and six and three and seven and a very, very winnable game this weekend against a team they normally dominate in the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Kyler also to second game back. Look, that roster still not one of the most talented in the NFL, if, if at all. Um, so I'm more than comfortable bumping the Rams up to plus seven and a half here in this game. And now lastly, and but not least, I'm going to bump up the world beating New York football giants to plus 10 and a half against the New England Patriots. Hey man, it's Tommy DeVito's season. I don't know what else to say at this point. He's going to go out and have himself another fucking day. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the podcast. I really don't care. Fuck it. But he's... But he's going to. Tortellini's is going to strike again this week. And again, am I backing them with the confidence of saying that by bumping them up to plus 10.5? No, I should just honestly take them at the plus, I think they're plus 2.5 or plus 3.5, whatever it is. But uh, the New England Patriots are an absolute mess. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be Mac Jones. I don't know if it's going to be Bailey Zappi. I don't know if it's going to be the ghost of Brian Hoyer in spirit, even though I don't even think he's on the team. They were talking about possibly getting him before the deadline. doesn't matter. I don't know who's playing quarterback for them. It's not going to matter. Give me the Giants plus 10.5 with confidence in, in this one. And uh, it's going to be minus 115 for, for pick number three. So to recap, it, Jags plus 10.5, Rams plus 7.5, and, and Giants plus 10.5, minus 115, pick number three. And, Cody, I will see you at 3-0 and at the end of the week. I hope so, buddy. All right, 3-0. Let's do it. Pick number three, you know, this was one of those weeks. There's a lot of pickums and a lot of that tic-tac zone, that one and a half, a lot of close, tough games, a lot of bad teams playing each other, mediocre teams playing each other. I got to be honest, I was scrolling DraftKings for a while, not quite like Justin Herbert, but scrolling for a while to really look at this last pick. I looked at a couple different things. I didn't love enough, and so here we got it. Two legs. Um, to round it out, all three of my picks are going to be two legs this week. And I'm going to start by buying down the Bucks and Colts total from 43, I believe it was, to 38.5. I'm taking the over. 
Colts are one of the teams. I think last week that streak had ended, but they had scored 20-plus points in all of their games. The Bucks can score points. Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield is a gunslinger. Whether that works for them to win games or not is not what I need here. But if he's even throwing interceptions, a lot of times that helps with the total too. So over 38 and a half. Again, I don't absolutely love this pick. I was scrolling enough for it. As I usually say, pick number one is my most confident. This one is certainly my least confident. But I do believe in it. Bucks Colts over 38 and a half. And I'm pairing that with the Chiefs money line to get it to minus 118. So a couple things about this. One, I wasn't comfortable enough taking just 43. I was hoping to um, buy it down a little bit to give myself a little wiggle room, and I was able to do so. So hoping for something of a 21-17 type of a game, maybe a 23-17, uh, something like that. 23-16 even works. Chiefs' money line is simple. They are going to bounce back. They don't lose two in a row. They never lose to this division unless we all bet against Denver. They're not going to lose this game. The Vic- the Raiders have been fun. They've been nice with Antonio Pierce. That's our guy. Even Mark Shen Lugan liked the Giants back when he was playing. But I think that run is enough. Aiden O'Connell. You couldn't stand Antonio Pierce the super. He's what? probably the best linebacker the Giants have had in our lifetime. We- whoa. 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 Oh, you said our lifetime. In our right. lifetime. All right. I was more of a Matthias Kiwanuka kind of guy, but hey, you go, you go whatever. I mean, I like not a linebacker. I, I, he he sometimes <laughs> lined up. Oh, wow. He sometimes lined up as a linebacker. But you, you know what? I liked everyone from those Super Bowl teams. Let's call it like it is. Um, but I think that run with Antonio Pierce and the, and the Raiders, they're fun. They're frisky. Could they cover the spread? Yeah, I could see him covering the spread. And that's why I don't feel comfortable enough to take, take the Chiefs straight up. They haven't blown teams out. They have looked awful in the receiving course. Even Travis Kelsey is not only dropping the ball, but fumbling in the red zone, which was just a killer for that team. They should have easily won that game. But um, they are going to do at least enough to win the football game. So uh, Bucks colts over 38.5. I think the Colts and Gardner Minshew – actually, it's two gunslingers. I talked about Baker Mayfield. Gardner Minshew is a similar style quarterback. He's going to let it fly. He's going to give his guys a chance. Whether it's, you know, for the best or not, that's yet to be seen. But over 38 and a half, Chiefs money line, minus 118. Mark, I will see you at 3-0. and I believe in it. I talked myself into it. Here we go. There it is. All right. And uh, pick with confidence. With Gardner, with Gardner Minshew and Baker Mayfield, it's the battle of the slightly undersized, slightly overconfident quarterbacks, right? Like the guys who kind of think they can just do it. They kind of can't, but sometimes they do. Right? They're kind of very similar, Baker Mayfield and, and Gardner Minshew. One was picked in the first round. One was picked somewhere else away at the end of the draft there. But they're very similar. They can make plays. It's not like watching New York football where they can't get a first down. These guys both get first downs consistently. They get some touchdowns. They do some nice stuff. And uh, that should be a fun game. I'm actually going to include it in my final pick Yay. here. So for my final pick, I'm not going with an over-under like Cody over here. But I'm going to start off with the San Francisco 49ers on Thanksgiving night. They're currently at minus seven, which, you know, you can argue may not be worthy of a tease because you're already at seven. Are you really getting a ton of value just moving from a seven? I I think so in this particular case. I'm going to buy them down six points, standard six-point teaser, Niners from minus seven down to minus one. And then I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half against this Colts team. The Colts team that has been frisky, has put up a bunch of points this year. They've had some really nice performances 
uh, sporadically kind of throughout the year, right? They put up 38 points against the Browns in that weird game. They almost won. They put up uh, 20 points pretty consistently for a while, like Cody was outlining before. But I like this Buccaneers team, and I think looking at what the Colts did against the Patriots just a week ago, they really had their their wheels stop spinning a little bit on offense. And we can say it's the Patriots' defense, but their defense hasn't been exactly good this year. So I think the Colts are going to slow down a little bit here. The Bucks on the flip side of the Colts here have had some really nice performances this year. Even against the 49ers this last week where they lost by two touchdowns, um, it just felt like they were playing a decent game, right? Like against the Niners who were absolutely rolling back from their three-game loss. They're now off a big win on the Titans. You were going up against a juggernaut. A fully healthy 49ers team is incredibly tough to beat. It's incredibly tough to stay within 10 points of that 49ers team. The Buccaneers looked pretty good. I thought they looked pretty frisky, and I think their offense is going to continue to do so against a Colts team that's given up a lot of points. And right now, you look at the Bucs. You know, they have some impressive wins. They've put up some impressive numbers. I think plus 8.5, getting them through the 3 and through the 7 to 8.5 there is right where you want them. That game is going to be close. It's probably going to be a bit a little, little bit wonky. Even if the Colts win, I think the Bucs keep it close, if not win outright. I'd lean there 2.5, but I don't love it. I love it at 8.5. For the Niners, it's pretty obvious. The Niners are a great team. I still think they're one of the best teams in the league, probably number one still for me at this point in time, even with a couple losses a couple weeks ago. Um, But they're healthy. They're rolling. Their defense is rolling. They're going to give the Seahawks team fits. The Seahawks are banged up with Geno Smith. Who knows how healthy he's going to be, if he's even going to play. If it's Drew Locke, oh, my God, this spread should go from 7 to to 14, right? Like that's almost the difference in Drew Locke to Geno Smith. But really, the Seahawks defense has been really unreliable at times uh, throughout this season. They've been giving up some big plays. They're giving up penalties left and right. They're not a trustworthy group. And when you go up against Kittle, Samuel, McCaffrey, and Ayuk, man, is it freaking tough to stay sound and and to not make those big mistakes. I think the Niners win this one. Again, I lean that way at minus seven, but you get them down to minus one and you feel wonderful about it. So minus 120, Niners down to minus one, and Buccaneers up to plus eight and a half. That is my third pick of the week. And I guess guess I'll meet you guys at 3-0-2. Is that possible? Do we all not have non-contradicting picks with anything? Small sandwich with the Dallas one for me. I mean, I threw out like nine teams again, like usually. (laughs) That's why I'm nervous because somehow we're on the same side of all of them. I think, uh, Mark, me and you both have Cowboys and Niners. I have them at minus 11. You have them both at Moneyline um, and the Chiefs. So we we have those three in common, but I'm not going against any of your picks this week, Mark and Cody. The only sandwich we have is uh, is that old Cowboys thing where we could both win. We'll we see. Can. Cowboys by 14 on Thanksgiving. I should just parlay everything together and just go nine-gamer. Nine I was eight for nine last <laughs> week. I got screwed over by my boy DeVito. I should know better for this week at this point. So, mm. I did lean on taking the Giants straight, but unfortunately – I might do it again, Pete. I might well, do it again. There's like – it's weird. There's First of all, the spread being <clears throat> minus three – for the Patriots it is just absurd it to me. Three it, and a half. It opened at three and a half. I saw it this morning. And it's like, in what world should the Patriots be favored by three against anybody? Like this should have been a pick them just because both teams are so pathetic and should be trying to oh. lose. Yeah, it's currently minus three on DraftKings. Like they both suck. So how is one team, especially the away team, minus three when the Giants just played the best game of their season last week? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, what do we know about the Patriots this year? They can't move the ball. They can't score. And their defense has been mediocre at best, right? So like, what what gives the Vegas the right to make the Patriots minus three? 
I don't get it. So I, that's what scared me off. It was a sketchy line, in my opinion. They're in for a rough Italian Thanksgiving, Pete. Hey, <laughs> put some sausage in the stuffing. You know what I'm saying? They're going to get pinched. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. The two-game win streak uh, and the resurgence. They would win well, the New York do. football giants is coming. Yeah, so, you know, I heard Bill Simmons, I'm sure, Cody, you heard it too. He called this the biggest game in the Patriots uh, history since the last Super Bowl they were in, basically, or since the last playoff game they were in. This is the biggest game for the Patriots, and they should lose. Like, both teams are probably, at this point, the way the Patriots have gone since Brady left, both the Giants and Patriots are too dumb to lose this game. So that that's why it should be a pick em. The, Yeah, they're like a prideful organization's. And it's just going to end up with like the seventh draft pick, which is no man's land. But yeah, well, they'll probably tie. Well, yeah. they'll, they're going to tie yeah. the game and ruin both of their picks. And then the Bears will get number one and number two. I'm going to get my wish. Marvin Harrison to the Marvin. Giants. Mm. It's going to happen. And then because you you got at least a one year band as far as I'm concerned before you're allowed to root for the Giants. You could you could watch in your basement or something, but you're not allowed to come on here. Well, hey, I'm invited over. I'm invited here. over to Tommy's for Thanksgiving with how much I've been pumping him up the past year and a half. I mean, his mom's cooking me dinner too. She's not doing my laundry, but she's I also. That, I bet that dinner is amazing. Any pasta, you know, meatballs, lasagna, maybe some ziti. Whole you know the cutlets are out. Tiramisu nope. afterwards, probably a little cappuccino, qu- maybe some boca. Oh. Sorry. Oh, oh, talk to me, Cody. Um, now, my, my question to you guys is, how did the Giants locker room respond to him talking about living at his parents' house and getting all that stuff done for him? Loved it. It's irrelevant because they won this week, Pete. I think and they loved it. out. I feel like they could have loved it, too, for two reasons. One, he makes so much less money yes. than most of the roster. No, so it's like, all right, bro, live at home. You know, who cares? And then most of those guys probably pay a chef, like the guys who make a lot of money, right? So now you're just keeping it in the family, mm-hmm. you know? So nothing wrong with that. The laundry thing, you know, how many guys in the NFL doing their own laundry? Few. So maybe it's normal. Right, maybe right. it's just... I bet Daniel Jones does his own laundry. Yeah, <laughs> hey, he looks DJ, like that man. type of square. <laughs> he he lives in our neighborhood, no, Mark? Is that is that accurate? That's the only I know thing it's he can take care about. of, Pete, because he can't take care of the football. But uh... <laughs> right now, I just hope right. he's taking care of his body. Me too. Get well, Daniel Jones. You know, we'll see what happens. But Mark, you're going to bounce. Thanks for everything and entertaining us as always with your picks. Hopefully another win for him. And he's gone already before I can even say goodbye. All right. Well, Cody, we're still here. Subway Sports Talk. We got some picks on the table. Let's talk. And Mark's back and he's gone again. Uh... <laughs> All right. Bye, Mark. Uh, Cody, we're going to talk for a few minutes here before we say goodbye. I wanted to do a quick little exercise because you and I on Subway Sports Talk just last week, we did our top 14 power rankings, all right? And what I want to do with you is after one week, because I think it's so fluid, this league, and how much we think or what we think of each team changes so much every single time we see them play. So I want to ask you, and I have the list up here if you need a little refresher. I was trying to I wanted to ask you if there is any clear-cut riser or faller for you from just one week ago. So we did this after week 10 before week 11. Now we're sitting between week 11 and week 12 and I'll read off your list so you can get refreshed here. And I want you to think about risers or fallers. You had at number one, the Kansas city chiefs, the Eagles at two Niners, Ravens, Bengals, lions at six. Obviously the Bengals with the injury changes some stuff. 
So maybe take them out because that's obvious. Um, then at seven, you had the Seahawks, Cowboys, Jaguars, Dolphins to round out the top 10. And then 11 through, you have 15 technically. Dolphins, Browns, Bills, Steelers, Vikings. So Cody, anyone stand out there as a riser or faller after another week of data? Well, I think first of all, what we're going to need to do is uh, bow our heads, mute our microphones, and take a moment of silence for all of my Bengals futures. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Quick moment. Um, uh, yeah, they're the obvious one, right? I mean, that's the one that not only are they probably out of the top five, ten, they're probably out of the playoff picture at this point because, you know, we've talked about the AFC and how loaded they are. Um, I would say Seattle is the first one that really jumped out at me as a team that something doesn't seem the same. It doesn't, you know, that that line against the Rams was the fishiest line of the week. The fact that they were two and a half point dogs by the end of that. And they did cover that spread, but they lose the game. Um, so Seattle, I, I would say you could flip flop them in Dallas because Dallas once again looked good. Um, I, I think. What you're going to want me to do, what people want me to do, is take the Chiefs out of the number one spot. And I'm not going to do that just because of a Monday night game. I'm not going to overreact because they dropped the ball. I'm not going to overreact because they've done that a lot this season. The fact remains for me, it's Pat Mahomes, it's Andy Reid, it's Travis Kelsey, even Spags, and really now the defense fully has to be brought into what they're doing because that defense has been fantastic. I still think that the AFC runs through them with Baltimore slightly behind them. Philly and, and um, San Fran are, are right there. I'm not ready. I, I guess maybe you could move the Bills up. I don't know who I'd replace them with because they just beat the Jets. So um, Seattle stuck out. The Chiefs I'm going to keep. My top five outside of the Bengals I'm good with. Um, Detroit just kind of moves into the top five almost by default, right? Because the Bengals are going to move out. Um, yeah, I, I off the top. So of generally the, you're uh, feeling pretty good about I, your rankings. Yeah, I don't think I – I think it'd be kind of nuts to change that much after just one week when we had 10 weeks of evidence to make that list. And then one week, if I'm jumbling and moving everything, shuffling so much around, it's like, well, what did you really think of them the first time? Right. right. Yeah, I think that's very uh, like realistic of you and really rational of you, which we uh, we specialize in on this podcast. It's a rational podcast out here. <laughs> and to go through my power rankings quickly, I feel kind of similar to you where I don't want to really move much. I feel pretty good. I feel like I did a good job on these rankings. So I'll run through mine real quick. I got the Niners at one, mm -hmm. Eagles two, Chiefs, Ravens three, four, Cowboys, Lions five, six. So that's one of our big differences. I had the Cowboys a little higher than you. Then I get down to the Dolphins, Bengals, Browns, Bills to go 7 through 10. Jaguars, Seahawks, Texans, Chargers. Now the Chargers would be one to knock out mm -hmm. because of what they did again, losing by three again. And I hate it because Justin Herbert, Mark's gone, thank God. He played <laughs> freaking awesome. I know. Like Herbert is so good. And this team is consistently letting him down. And it sucks. So I could take the Chargers out, but not. it wouldn't be a big move by me. I still look at them as a team that you don't want to play, right? Like you, if you're an opposing team, if you're one of those teams in the top 13 and you're going up against the Chargers, you're treating them like a top five team because you know what they can mm -hmm. do with Justin Herbert at quarterback. I mean, look at this team right now. Keenan Allen dropped two touchdownable balls. Austin Eckler looked slow as hell. Quinton Johnston dropped a game-winning pass down the right sideline or game-tying pass at minimum. He threw touchdown to a guy named Smart. 
that no one's ever heard of. A huge touchdown pass down. I don't even remember his first name. Kirby? Herbert played Marcus? phenomenal. <laughs> Marcus Smart, Kirby? perhaps? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. It doesn't even matter, right? Because you still trust Justin Herbert to do things with this team. So I like keeping the Chargers nearby. Their playoff hopes are dwindling by the mm -hmm. moment, obviously, with another tough loss. And on top of that, the Raiders winning and the Broncos winning. So it's almost going to be a non-factor in the playoffs for the Chargers here. They lose every game by three. It's ridiculous, but that's who the Chargers are. They need to regroup with their coaching staff and especially Brandon Staley. Like it's just, it's time it's over, move on. It is what it is. So whatever, move on from the chargers. The big thing for me here, obviously the Bengals move down for obvious reasons. The Browns also for obvious reasons should move down a bit. I still want to keep them in that top 10, top 11 range. So what I'm going to do here, I'm going to take the bills and Jaguars. I had them at 10 and 11. I'm going to keep them as a unit and I'm going to move them up to eight and nine drop the Browns down one to number 10 Bengals can, can kind of get out of there. Unfortunately, yeah. the Jaguars did exactly what I was hoping for them to do all season long. They had the game that you expected them to have more often than not this season where Trevor Lawrence looked like that guy. He looked like a dude and he did exactly that in this most re recent week. Now you can't overreact. They play a very good Texans team this week. Texans obviously beat them up earlier in the year, but when that receiving core looks the way they did, when Trevor Lawrence looks the way they did and their defense plays well, they're really good. Even with their shortcomings so far this year, mm -hmm. they sit at seven and three. They're looking to walk to 11, 12 wins, which would be great for my futures for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And again, a reason, if you remember from that podcast, Cody, I was like hyping up the bills, putting them at 10. I was giving them a lot of credit and reason for them to be trusted and still putting them at 10. They showed some of those things. They showed some of those signs. So I think the Bills, rightfully so, should get bumped up a little bit. But other than that, man, I feel really good about it. I think in reality, can you bump the Ravens up to number three in front of the Chiefs? You can. Yeah. It's just not necessary yet, right? It's just not necessary. So it's okay. The Ravens could be at number three or number four. But generally, I'm feeling really good about my rankings. So, Cody, it sounds like we did a good job. Yeah, and the, well, good the, job, the other thing, I agree with that. Uh, we do a good job all the time, Pete, because we're just so rational and mm -hmm. so smart. Um, some might even say <laughs> handsome. Depends on if they're watching the YouTube, because if they are, they probably aren't saying that part. But, <laughs> um, you know, the Ravens, the Ravens in that game didn't come out unscathed. The Mark Andrews injury is a real, Correct. real killer for that offense. I mean, not only a security blanket, but – I guess that's what it is, right? He is the security blanket, but he, he's he's a little more than that. He He's a captain. He's a guy that's been there a while. He's a guy that Lamar trusts. He's a guy that can move the chains. He's a great red zone threat. I mean, he's so many different things for that offense that that injury kills them. But, you know, I, I really quickly want to go back to the Chargers because once again, and I said it last week, this is not the time to be jumping on the, oh, Justin Herbert, this and that bandwagon. It's not it. Not only did Keenan Allen drop two passes, uh, were both of them touching? I remember the one that literally hit him in the chest. Was another one a touchdown potentially? It was potentially. He okay. caught it at like the four-yard line. It was a third and five. It, it yeah. would have been first down. At minimum, it would have been a first right. down. Yeah, yep. but he could have got in. So that, right, both of those things. Eckler fumbles inside the five late. They still get down and score and go up four, which would have covered our spread as well. Big number there. Um, and then the defense lets Jordan Love and the Packers walk right down the field and score. And then they get two chances at the ball. And on the second one, he lays one out perfectly for Johnson, Quentin Johnson, 
and he drops what is at minimum a field goal, and at maximum, if he catches that and stays on his feet, he might score. So it's not the time to be just blaming Justin Fields, uh, Justin Herbert. I feel like that is counterproductive to what you've been trying to do. And again, I've been critical of the guy, but I do think he's an unbelievable quarterback. And I absolutely know it's not all on him. So I don't want to just overdo the Chargers. It's just it, it's it's a little frustrating to keep hearing people talk about him in that way when it's like, are you actually watching? And here's the other thing, though, Pete. In a year or so from now, none of this context from these last two weeks or any of those things are going to matter. All that's going to matter is his overall record, his lack of playoff production, this, that, and the third is all that's going to be seen. It's going to be looked at in a vacuum, and you're going to go, oh, well, Herbert hasn't gotten it done. But there is more context to it, and hopefully this is the end of Brandon Staley. Maybe even Bill Belichick goes there. That would be pretty sweet. But um, it's, wow. just, it's just not the time to be ragging on Herbert, and I'm going to say it. And, again, I was the one who dropped him a tier when we did that tier list at, at the playoffs last year because they blew that game. Not all on him, but, you know, enough on him. So it's not like I'm like a Herbert, you know, I don't know, super fan. I do like him, but, you know, I am trying to be fair and rational. He's been fantastic in two games that they've lost. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. We don't even have to go into it further than that. Like Keenan Allen's putting up stupid numbers and he's dropping balls. I know. Right? Like, I don't know if that that video went kind of viral of Austin Eckler kind of breaking up the left sideline there. He has never looked that slow in his entire career. It looked like it was in slow motion. I know. And that's dangerous for them. If he's not catching passes out of the backfield, if he's not breaking big plays, there goes his safety blanket. Like yep. Austin Eckler didn't catch what do you get? One catch? I know. Maybe for not even. Fact that he Because I had him tw- 25 alt receiving yards. I had him, too. I think, 30 <laughs> or 33 in a long shot on FanDuel with a risk free bet. And that was, well, no, I actually. I had Luke Musgrave for 30 yards, and he ended up with 28. But other than that, that, was, for the, that was the leg that missed. So I was very keen on watching Eckler, not Keenan Allen. Um, and, yeah, he, he didn't look like he had the burst at all. And, yeah, that's a huge weapon because he's already down Mike Williams, which is another huge weapon and a massive red zone threat that he doesn't have. And he still get you know, so – I don't know. It's like the arguments against him are making me come so full circle that I'm about to become like the biggest Herbert fan. Cause I'm like, you guys are not seeing this correctly. This is not the time. That's not what it's been. So glad we're in. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm so used to the Chargers playing at four o'clock that in my long shot parlay, I saw like all my legs kind of ticking up towards where I wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. And Eckler had zero. And I was like, oh, yeah, it works. They didn't, they didn't play it. I, thought, I was like, oh, wait, what? Seeing it no, wait, made no just, sense. I'm like, wait, that He has no down. catches. Yeah, yeah, I was the same. Oh. I also had Musgrave over 25, by the way. So I'm, I'm looking, look at us. Yeah. Look at us. I had to pick him up as an emergency tight end in fantasy for Goddard, too. So mm. didn't work. I lost. Bad. It was wow. honestly, besides the two and one on this podcast, and obviously I make those gambling picks. It was a bit of a tough week fantasy wise. In the pool, mm. I was four and five, which isn't the worst, but we missed out on our high value picks where one was the Chargers. That was our highest value. Um, so it wasn't the best, most, you know, I wasn't all over the NFL this week. I'll say that. I was fine. I made do. I made a little bit of money, but overall, uh, it was a very tough week. So hopefully we can bounce back on Thanksgiving. I placed 13 wagers on Sunday. Rock and roll. Ended up plus $2.27. 
in the green. <laughs> yeah. Black Friday's around the corner, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Want, it's on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can get you half of a coffee from the local coffee shop. Oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, I also was really upset with my uh, one fantasy team that I needed seven points from A.J. Brown, uh, who's just been an absolute wagon You got FanDuel boosted. Oh, That's what, what a bummer. They had a boost what a bummer. for him, 50-plus, Kelsey 40-plus, and uh, Hertz 25 rushing. And I put the max on it and got got. I mean, I got got. The first thing I saw was the rain in the press box. And I go, oh, no, I'm done. It was first quarter. I go, oh, they got me. Like, they got me. Again. Not an excuse. He should have had more touches and targets. Didn't make any sense. That offense was weird. They were throwing Julio Jones screen passes. Dude, there was a point where they threw like four screen passes on back-to-back drives that got no yards. I was like, what's going on here? Devontae Smith almost got cut in half. It was insane. It was crazy. My God. All right. Well, Cody O, I think that's all we got for today. I want to say to you and to all the Subway Sports Talk listeners, happy Thanksgiving. Mm. Enjoy yourself a day of football and good food and beer. Maybe mix in a Guinness, maybe some red wine with dinner. I know that's what I'll be doing. I'll be enjoying a nice pint during the football during the day. And I'll switch over to some red during dinner. It's gonna be glorious. Oh, I can't wait. You know what? Oh, it, you man. know what? My one of my favorite parts of this is that it's three standalone games, and I think mm-hmm. that means something similar for the both of us. For me, I know for sure it means I'm taking at least three first touchdown scores, and I just oh, can't yeah. wait to do that. The parlay of you know I'll do it all all day parlay. I'll definitely have some straight action. I know I'm same game in the Lions, right? The Lions game's going to be fun and exciting. You hope you hit early so you have money for the rest of the day. If you don't, you have another cocktail. You redeposit. <laughs> you hope the next first <laughs> touchdown hits. I can't wait. It's going to be so good. I'll be sitting there with my uh, future brother-in-law, and he'll look at me and go, let's cook. <laughs> and then we put in a ridiculous same game parlay that's never going to hit. But if it, but if it does, oh, man. You watch out. You watch out. It's going to be so good. I will be at the fan though on Friday. Uh, if you're traveling on Friday, if you're home, listen to some FAN between the hours of two o'clock and nine o'clock, your boy will be producing. Um, so yeah, if you call in, you might talk to me and then get on the air and then I'll listen. I might call <laughs> in and just stop the conversation at talking to you. Like I don't want to get to the air. I'm just going to be, it's now I actually just called to have to talk to you, Pete, and that'll be it. You'd probably be actually. You probably wouldn't be surprised, but some people might be surprised how many people call in and they start talking to me about the take and da da da. And what do I think about it? And like they know who I am, even though I don't know who they are. And it's so funny that like a guy who produces like you know twice a month, they know who I am, and they're like, "Yeah, Pete, what do you think about this?" So I'm like talking to them while they're the host is talking. I'm doing the buttons on the on the board, (laughs) and I'm like, "All right, you want to go on air?" They're like, "No, no, I just want to talk to you." Bye. (laughs) I'm like, "What? What? (laughs) All right, sure, thanks." So yeah. If you're listening to the fan, two to nine, I'll be there with Hoffman for a couple hours, Danielle McCartan for a couple hours. Should be fun. All right. So my sports talk. Happy Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving to all you guys. To Pat Boyle, to Mark Shenlugan, to Cody O'Connor, to all you guys listening. Happy Thanksgiving. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review on your podcast app. Subscribe, notification bell on YouTube, as well as follow us on social media at Subway Sports Talk on X, Instagram, and TikTok. If you miss any picks, you could always follow us and see them on social. That's all we got. Happy Thanksgiving. Cheers.